2: and
0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination, and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh oh. Uh oh.
0: Aaron Addisons
1: on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome, welcome to the Friday edition of Aaron the Addisons. We don't take your time with us uh, for granted. We don't take it lightly. We know that there are so many other programs. That you could be listening to mm-hmm. and so many other people that you could turn to um, for encouragement and and hopefully for um, effective challenge, yeah. um, but you choose to spend some time with us, so we appreciate it. We don't take yes. it for granted. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J-Mac are on tap. It's our Friday gumbo show, Yes. which means that everything goes into the pot. You are welcome to join us uh, almost immediately. I just have one thing that, well, just a couple things that I want to um, talk about just to kind of... Um, I wouldn't call it setting us up because you guys are going to be able to really drive the show on Friday. Whatever topics you have on your mind Mm -hmm. and on your heart, we invite you to throw those out to us on Fridays. And so um, if you want to start um, getting your calls queued up, maybe you have some thoughts or some comments that you've wanted to make all throughout the week. This is the time to do it. I'll throw the number out there and then just keep in mind that I have some information. I want to present to you some very specific prayer points Um. Again, because I, I do believe that uh, more than we would realize, the Lord is calling us to prayer and intercession. Amen. And it just, you know, we've been conditioned to believe that as just sort of a throwaway. way, um, but prayer is powerful and effective. And uh, anyway, so so here's the number. If you want to start getting queued up, it's Friday. It's a lighter show. If it if it is a lighter, if show. if it
0: is, you know, sometimes it, these it shows may not can be. take a turn.
1: That's it's so true. And, and so it, they do. They do. Which is fine. Um, and, and if it happens, we'll just roll with it. Yeah. Um, What I'll say, though, is what we try to do is we try to uh, respond to your questions on Fridays. Right. So you really get to drive the show and determine yeah. the content. If we're not familiar with what you're talking about, then we'll tell you that because we're not going to just respond you know, just to have words, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like we're going to, I'm not familiar with that, um, but, <laughs> but let us do, let us look into it. Yeah. Um. Here's the number 888-589-8840. Slower. 888. Okay. Slower. <laughs> Here we go. 888-589-8840. Mm-hmm. Yes. There you go. 888-589-8840. Sherry B is over in studio CC and she will get your calls queued up. Uh, so that you can be a part of the program. Um, And shout out to J-Mac, who is uh, helping us to broadcast the show, uh, stream the show uh, on Facebook. All right. Um, So we've been asking you to pray. We have been praying for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. The situation there is dire. I personally have, not only in an attempt to try to explain this to our kids because they have lots of questions when they look at cultural issues, uh, we take this as an opportunity to train them and to give them uh, a biblical understanding of what's happening in the world and, and and even a biblical response to what's happening in the world. This is uh, living discipleship. Mm. So now of course we always try to be appropriate and we try to do things based on age. And then also based on the kid, because there are some kids in your family that their personalities just can't handle a lot of information. It can weigh on them too much. So that requires a lot of sensitivity to the Holy spirit and knowing your kid and knowing when to pull back. There are other kids that, um they kind of thrive on knowing what's going on and knowing how they can respond, mm. you know so you just have to you just have to know that, but what I've been trying to do is explain to our children what's going on, even last night as we were driving home from our um fellowships prayer meeting um because of the prayers that were offered up and the information that was shared about what's going on um in Afghanistan in particular, mm-hmm. there were still more questions so so as we're driving home, you know our kids are just trying to make sense they're trying to understand about our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and how they're in the situation that they're in, how they are being discovered and all of those things. And so in attempting to answer those questions, I figure that some of our listeners have the same questions and want a little more clarity, maybe ways to better understand how to pray um, in a very targeted way. Yeah. And so I wanted to share some information that I came across that I think will be really helpful. There was a reporter for uh world magazine um, senior editor. Her name is Mindy Bells. And Mindy Bells has been doing some incredible reporting about what's going on in Afghanistan. And this was really eye-opening for me, and I hope that it will be eye-opening for our listeners. And I hope, I hope that it will um, show you how to pray most effectively.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the things that she report- reported on in a conversation um, with John Stone Street of Breakpoint um, in, in his podcast, she reported on the fledgling church that is the Afghan church. And she's talking about a fledgling church of 20 years. And, and the reporting was on the intense persecution coming out of that church as uh, the Taliban Taliban has, or Taliban, I don't know. I keep hearing it said different ways. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about. But um, it promises that um, Sharia law will be instituted in the new Afghanistan and so the question is, what does that mean to Christians? What would be the implications of the Taliban takeover? And then how can we pray for our brothers and sisters? So, um, according to Mindy Bells, uh, the Afghan church is a unique community that's mostly um comprised of believers ages forty and under. Okay, wow. so forty it's a young church. Um, they are all converts from they're Muslim converts, right? Yeah. Having left Islam yeah um, it's one of the fastest growing churches in the world now let me explain to you what that means it's got about 2,000 members
3: mm.
1: we're talking about the rapidity of the growth mm-hmm. so it's doubling and it, it has doubled in size uh, in the last 20 years mm. um, and so that <laughs> that's what makes them uh, puts them in the category of being the fastest growing church mm-hmm. um, according to Mindy Bells they are an important force in Afghanistan because of the force of the gospel. Amen. Mm. Right? So just think about this, okay? So because of the love of Jesus, Mm. the reach they have is a real thing in a dark Taliban shadowed country. Um, Again, continuing with uh, Mindy Bells' reporting, about two years ago, a number of these church community leaders, now guys, this is where you get to understand how our brothers and sisters are being discovered right now in Afghanistan. So, I really want you to lean in because this was really eye opening uh, for me. About two years ago, a number of these church community leaders did something amazing and brave. They decided to change their identity, their religious affiliation in particular, on their national identification cards. So, all Afghan citizens have a national ID card and they are used for um, many different reasons, but these cards often show religious affiliation. Hmm. That affiliation tends to be handed down by the father of the family. So the new Christian church leaders wanted to change their identification for the sake of their future generations. (laughs) They didn't have to do this. They chose to do this. Mickey's commentary drop in here simply because they're Christians. That's who they mm-hmm. are.
0: Okay. So their identification was important.
1: Their Would identification it... was important and it was important to them that their children, that their mm. future generations know, Would
0: know Yeah. who
1: they are. Yeah. Okay. Not all Christians agreed that this was a good idea. I'm going back to the reporting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But several dozens of them have changed their official identification to Christian. Now, the government The government um, records show this Christian affiliation, and these are the Christians that have been targeted over the past few days. Mindy Bells is reporting. At least one Christian that I know of has received a letter from the Taliban stating, we know where you are and we know what you are doing. This implies that the Taliban has access to these government records. The Taliban then shows up to this Christian's house the day before the full city takeover. They have also visited other Christian homes. um, And then as Mindy Bell's reports, you might argue that these are small isolated incidents, but they play against the backdrop of um, nearby atrocities. I Um, won't go into some of them um, that are actually listed here, but I think many of us can just about imagine. Now, let me also, let me also say this because I think that this is important to the reporting. Um, The Christians that we're talking about in Afghanistan, are different in some instances. In fact, in many instances, and I'll explain why, the Christians that we are calling out and and asking prayer for are different from the Afghan citizens that worked with the United States military. In many instances, the Christians did not work with the United States military because they didn't want to draw unnecessary attention to themselves. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because the Afghan Christians are really super vulnerable, they have no political power, they have no one to appeal to, and generally speaking, they do not qualify for special immigrant visas to the United States because they did not work with the U.S. government. Mm. So we're talking about Christians that really are just, in all natural um, descriptions, they're just on their own. OK, they're not. It's not like you can get these special rights or you can do this. They're on their own. So we really need the body of Christ to be to be in prayer for them. I also want to say this, and I neglected to mention this during the week. Yet we prayed for our brothers and sisters in Haiti. Um, Haiti is experiencing. Now, this is in the wake of that seven point two magnitude um, earthquake that they experienced on Saturday. In the wake of this, they're also battling um, the tropical storm Grace. So they've got a lot of rain now that's pouring in to this country but also they are experiencing an uptick in gang violence mm. so the aid that's trying to get into the capital port au prince is getting in but it's not able to leave port au prince and that's that's many different reasons one because of the roads and infrastructure but it's also because of the gang violence where i was reading um that there were even uh two medical doctors that were kidnapped from the port au prince hospital the hospital actually shut down in protest because of what's going on so there's all kinds of chaos going on. And so what am, what am I saying? I'm saying that we, um, we need to share with the sufferings and the burdens of our brothers and sisters around the world. And I know for some of us, it feels like, <clears throat> you know, it's, it, does, it does take a little bit, but this is something that would have been really common to the body of Christ. This yeah. is something that the body, it, it would have been innate to the body of Christ that we share in one another's sufferings that if, you know, our brother and sister are hurting over in that region or in that area of the world, then those of us who maybe are not experiencing that, uh, we come to their aid. Even in the Bible, you saw this with financial resources. The church didn't wait for the government to do it. The church did it. Mm. We were uniquely set up. I mean, you know, Paul primed them. When we come for the collection for the saints, like be ready, let each one have decided what he's going to give. And we have missed this. We, you know, because of the way we're set up in our country. So one of the things that I want to encourage us as we go into the weekend, not only to um, seize these opportunities that we have to give our kids living instruction, we living discipleship, where this is real life. You don't just set them up for possible scenarios, but you take what's really going on in life and you point to the necessity, um, you, you point to our desperation for Christ. And I think this is the way that you truly disciple children, not just teaching them to regurgitate facts, not just setting them up with hypotheticals. Well, you know, if you find yourself now, all of that's good. We do all of those things. But what I want to encourage you is that as you see things playing out in the world, don't just be a consumer of that news. You understand making yourself your, yourself sick over the consumption of that news, because, man, it can really take a toll on you. But what do we do as Christians? As Christians, we take that information, one, as Christian, let me speak as a Christian parent. We take that information and we turn that back to the Lord in prayer. Mm -hmm. And then having processed that information, we allow for the Lord to teach us how to turn that into a training moment for our young disciples. Teaching them, one, how to pray teaching them too how to be empathetic. Listen, you want to understand some of the problems that we experience in the church in America, the disunity and the splintered fellowship as it were. Well, because we don't teach that the body of Christ is eternal and worldwide. So the division, the division that we are experiencing in the in the United States of America is because we have not taught our kids, past generations the importance of the body of Christ. So to experience or to see suffering in the body in other parts of the world and to take that suffering and turn it into a real opportunity for our kids and our grandkids to get involved in prayer, it actually shows them what is eternal and what is important. So what's a CRT discussion when you have painted a worldwide picture of the church, everyone who's called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, those people are our brothers and sisters. You see, this is a living education. This is living discipleship, real life for the real follower of Christ. All right, we'll grab the break, and then we'll take your calls. 888-589-8840. Hey, i getting it, man? Hey, real talk time. Hey, they
0: want
1: us to be scared, though. But we ain't never scared. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's the Friday edition of Aaron the Addison's. It's our gumbo uh, show. We call it that because everything goes into the pot. It's everything that's good yeah. um, goes into the pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so we invite you to be a part of it, to drive the program on the on this Friday, uh, meaning that we're taking your calls and just responding to your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and it's Path of Revelation with Fear Nothing.
1: J Mack and Sherry B. on tap, helping us mm-hmm. take your calls at 888-589-8840, 589 8840 We will go right to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go first?
0: All right, let's go to Justin in North Carolina. Hi, Justin.
4: Hey, Nikki and Will. Thanks for taking my call. Hello. Um, so I got two quick comments. One is that I find it it's just an absolute shame that we don't have the spine anymore to go rescue you know all these people that we've we've left behind in afghanistan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then my you know my second comment is like i think we i think we need to see the taliban overrun the country to remind us of why we originally went there 20 years ago and the good mm-hmm. that we were doing mm-hmm. um my question is how do we pray for our leaders when mm-hmm. we you know part of my flesh wants to see them fail
3: mm-hmm. you know
4: for and the same with same with Trump before four mm-hmm. years ago, you know, half the country hates him. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're equally divided now. How do we how do we pray for our leaders when we don't want them to succeed? Mm.
0: That's a great question. You know, and I, I would uh, initially say uh, we pray that God would surround him with uh, wisdom, with people that would, you know, have uh, prudence and wisdom. He can do that. You know, but we also pray, um, you know, for this administration's that it would that they would succeed in the good that they want to do, you know, mm-hmm. because the thing is, uh, our leadership affects us. Yes. Now, when yes. there's when there's leaders, that's, that's wicked, like how Peter and Paul were under like Nero, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Peter still said, pray for for the king, you know the one who's in, 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 a, in leadership position, That's because, right. you know, uh, as you, as you do that, it, it really affects your living as well. So we need to pray. They're not born again, that, that they will be saved. I think we, sometimes, I don't know if we have the faith to believe that our leaders can be saved. You know, mm-hmm. we don't pray that prayer normally, you know, because we're so political. We just want, you know, our person to win or our person to be in there Mm-hmm. But the person that's in there that we may not approve of,
1: mm-hmm. are we
0: praying that God would visit that person? He can. You know? Yeah, uh, and, and, so I think I think there are there are various ways that we should pray um, for our leadership because we gotta understand that uh we are affected by leadership, you know, doing well, not doing mm-hmm. sinful things. And we're affected that's by right. that as well. But we should ask the Lord, ask the Lord, help, help us to pray in such a way. Uh, where we can pray that these leaders are surrounded by wisdom, that you would visit them, Lord, that you would speak to them, that you would call their name, you know, when they're sleeping, like something. Wake them up, you know, um, because he can do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, two scriptures, in addition to what um, Will the Great alluded to in um, Peter, given instruction. Again, this falls into the category of us living counterculturally. Right. Yeah. We're called to do the difficult things. But there's also an Old Testament passage where Jeremiah sends a letter to the exiles in Jeremiah chapter 29. And I think, you know, because remember, the first thing that we ask ourselves is what is God telling us about himself, right? Mm-hmm. That God's ways are not our ways, right? And and we submit to his sovereign leadership, his sovereign rule over our lives. That's right. And even in the toughest of situations, which I would say, you know, as Americans, we have not been exiled, right? So we are not facing the Exam, uh, same exact situation mm-hmm. but I would say that there was something instructive in uh, Jeremiah's letter to the exiles and I'm going to start at verse 4 and, uh, and, and end at 7 and I just want to hopefully this will encourage our brother Justin um, the Bible says thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon now listen to this build houses and live in them plant gardens and eat their produce take wives and have sons and daughters take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters multiply there and do not decrease. And verse seven is kind of what I wanted to focus on, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you Mm. will find your welfare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's connected. So,
1: so it's connected. Right. Like and, and that's why, you know, I would say that one of the things that we consistently do or we should consistently do is cry out for the well-being of our country. Cry out for the well-being of the countries where the body of Christ is represented all around the world. I mean, peace benefits everyone. In fact, if you look at First Timothy, chapter two, the request mm-hmm. for prayers to be made of all men lifting right. up prayers uh, to the Lord. One of the results of that is that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. That's right. So our prayers and our crying out for the success of our nation, we mean um, in a godly way. Right. right. Crying out for the success of our nation, as you were rightly pointing out, Will, is so that we can live a peaceful and quiet life. If, if you know, if there is turmoil, that turmoil affects us. The Taliban, guys, you know, I want to be very careful here, but it, it is... Um, it is eerily pathetic i don't know if those it is eerily pathetic to me to have a government say that we want a a uh, final and complete pull out of afghanistan by september 11th by 911 like i just think are we writing poetry for our enemies hmm. are we are we writing poetry for the taliban or you know are, are we are we saying on nine eleven, we will consider it signed, sealed, and delivered. You know, that's your country on nine yeah. eleven. So what I'm saying is we don't want our government to fail. We want them to be visited by the Lord God of wisdom. Amen. Okay, who who will cause them to do what is right because a strengthened Taliban in Afghanistan, we kind of already know what that looks like in the world. Mm. Guys, just think back. I mean, you know, we yeah. are all here can can think back to, man, you didn't hear or read many headlines about this stuff happening in the last four years. Like there were other things we were dealing with, right? But we didn't really read about people <laughs> no. being literally, you know, losing their heads. And you understand what I'm saying? Right. Like th- there was some sort of control and some strength in the world. And so we do want to pray for the peace of the nations that Amen. surround us because and their peace is also our peace. Mm. And the Bible gives us a clear indication that this is to be expected. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, the great, where do we go next?
0: All right. Let's go to Jerry in Arkansas. Hi, Jerry.
4: Hi. Uh, hey, guys. I love Hello. your show. Um, God bless you. I can't believe I've got all. I, anyway, we're, we'll be part of the gumbo. <laughs> Northeast Arkansas is, is a good mixture in that gumbo. Okay. On Friday. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. I'm, I'm reminded, um, we, ha- we raised three girls uh, through the public school system. And, and throughout those, those years, mm-hmm. we felt this, this coming. Um, mm. and, and there at the end, we, we really considered uh, pulling, pulling them out and, and homeschooling. It, today, I would definitely be homeschooling our, our girls. Um, yeah. Anyway, I used to always tell our girls, God expects us to comb our hair. You know, God expects things from us, but he's not going to reach down from the heavens and do it for us. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: And right now, the things I see going on in our country, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've become lazy. Mm. Uh, People aren't stepping up and speaking out Uh, in the schools. I'm appalled at some of the things that's going on in the schools. system. And and what's happening uh, overseas is just, it's repulsive. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine if I had a family member over there and, and, and we've got, a you know, our administration currently saying, well, we'll see what's left, you know, or it's mind blowing. I, yeah. I can't believe I'm living to see what I'm seeing right now. And um, mm-hmm. yes, I definitely need that, that that the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 4, um, that you just, because I'm so frustrated mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have grandchildren that I, I'm honestly concerned about, um, and, and their, their future. And, you know, I, I'd suggest every American get plugged in. Mm-hmm.
1: With yeah, church, yeah.
4: A local church and, Amen. and stay plugged
1: in. Yes. Yeah. Jerry, thank Bible you. Believing. Yes. No, I was and just going to say, <laughs> Oh, God bless you, sister. God bless you. I really I hear your heart. I I really do. I think I understand what you're communicating. And and I want to say that your call is the right one. It's time for the body of Christ to be stirred. Mm. It's time for us to kind of be shaken here in America. We we have to speak in terms of the church in America. Right. So that we get a picture that there is one church. Right. Mm -hmm. That Jesus Christ presides over one body of believers. One. There is one church. Now, that church is in different places, but there is just one church. And so anyone who is a part of this fold is a part of the fold. And so we've got to think in these terms. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, Jerry. I mean, for us to understand that we've got brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, Um, To say nothing of the people who worked with our government that we are just deserting. And and then also to hear the reports from um, this administration that they just simply do not have the capability to go out into Afghanistan, to go out and gather people up, to bring them to the airport, to get them out. So in other words, if you make it there alive, we may be able to help you.
0: Right. Um, Because there are checkpoints leading up to the airport. Yes,
1: absolutely. (laughs) The points
0: that the Taliban has that's, you know, checkpoints. For you to get to the airport, so it's like, uh, how do you even do that without being hurt? You know? it's,
1: it is it is an impossible, um, it is an impossible offer that mm. is not even when you boil it all down. It's still not even an offer. It's, yeah. we may be able to get you out, but we still don't know. And and but if you can get here, if you can get here, we may be able to get you out. And it, it is it is like asking someone. To run through a paintball obstacle course and saying, if you get to us with no paint on you, (laughs) um, we might might be be able to. to... I don't know. But we don't we don't really know. Guys, it's embarrassing. And I'm going to tell you, it creates an incredible amount of instability. One of the things and we'll go back to the phone lines here. One of the things that I'm always looking at is the response of nations around us and around the nations that are in turmoil. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching because I believe the word of God, folks. Yeah. Unashamedly, unapologetically, I believe the word of God. And I believe that we have already been told that we should watch for certain nations Mm. to rise up.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes,
1: we should be watching for nations to see certain opportunities arise for them. And so when you see that, the thing that we should be asking is, Lord. Are you? Are, are we sooner rather than later? Like, yeah. and so there is a there is a bit of excitement that we should experience, but also a great sobriety. So, yes. anyways, and um, I, and go I ahead, just
0: Will. yeah, I want to just read this scripture because I, I feel like it's important for us as believers to uh, really you know, digest the word of God and apply it, you know? Yes. And I always talk about not being just a hearer of the word or just a reader of the word, but a doer of the word. And I think this applies to us, whether we're talking about Afghanistan, where we're talking mm-hmm. about COVID, whatever. The Bible says in uh, Philippians chapter four, uh, verse four, "Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Then it says, <laughs> be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God mm. and, and the peace of God. The peace of God, which surpass all comprehension, will guard <laughs> your hearts, put a garrison around your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We Amen. need this. We need to take these things that we're wor- worrying about, mm-hmm. that we're fearful of. And you know, again, I'm speaking to myself as I speak to everybody out there. Yes. And we need to take these things, not complain so much about them or fear over them or worry, but take them to God in prayer yeah. and let God set that garrison around our hearts and our minds of peace. Because, Amen. man, things are crazy right now. Yes. You know, but we have to be ones that would turn that to God and say, Lord, this is how I feel. I'm anxious about this. I'm worried about this. But your command here is that I would pray. And seek you and give these things over to you that I may have peace.
1: Yes. Amen. And amen again. Man, I want to say this. We'll go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. There have been many, many times in our marriage, Will the Great, that you have encouraged while at the same time challenged me with that scripture. We've gone through different things where my automatic response is anxiety. Just frankly, my automatic response is what are we how are we going to how are we going to handle that? What do we do with that? Like, I don't even know, mm. you know, and, and and I can hear you in my ear, um, you know, asking, are we going to worry? Are we going to pray? Mm. Are we going to believe the word of God? Are we going to believe all of it? And at the time, it just feels so like provocative and it's it feels so difficult to yeah. do. But yeah. it is an act of the will. Yeah. You can clearly see in scripture when the Lord has the, the expectation that we will do these things, mm. you know, be yeah. anxious for nothing. This yeah. is an act of your will. Yeah. And so anyway, um, thank you for sharing that. Let's go back to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go?
0: All right, let's go to Sean in Michigan. Hi, Sean. Hello. Um,
5: early, very early on in this whole uh, mess, I was reminded of uh, Mosul. Mm-hmm. And how ISIS was using uh, the Arabic Noon as a gang tag to identify the houses of Christians mm. that uh, they want to uh, that they were going to just take over and use for the ISIS fighters. And um, back then, there they ended up being a social media campaign to make that your avatar, your the, the Arabic Noon. Um, I mean, I I've, I had a hat made. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
5: put, put that, put that, put that uh, mark of the Nazarene on my on my forehead, and I, I just identifying with those uh, that are in persecution, as though mm. that you were
0: there as well. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, Sean. Let me just jump in. The break's gonna grab us. I remember that campaign, yeah, and I remember participating. That is a great recollection. Let me grab this break. We'll be right back. MY GOD listening to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you for spending this Friday with us. The phone lines are filled, so Mm -hmm. we want to get one announcement out to you, and then we'll go right back to the phone lines. By the way, I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and that's Marcus Rogers with Great God. Uh, Our announcement is our date night, our Marriage Family Life date night, that will be happening on September 20th, uh, 630 to 830 p.m., and it will be in Jackson, Tennessee. And so if you want more information about that date night, please go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. If you're in the Jackson, Tennessee area or the surrounding area, uh, please come and join us. We need you to register, though, so go to the website and uh, register. It's a free event. Uh, it will be happening at the Carl Grant Event Center at Union University. And so we need you to register for that so we'll know uh, how many people are coming because we'll have a meal and everything. So uh, that, that's September 20th. Uh, So register at marriagefamilylife.net.
1: And we do have a cutoff number that only we know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we do have a cutoff number. Yeah. And then once we hit that cutoff number, uh, we start registration. In fact, the uh, date night that we have next week that is happening in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, we um, reached our cutoff number. And so that is closed. And we're looking forward to that. Right. But we'll do the same thing in Jackson, Tennessee. So um, make your plans. And hopefully you can attend. It's such a nice time mm-hmm. for us to um, go out and meet you. Yeah. And then for hopefully you to have a date. Um, just some time away <laughs> where we can talk about and celebrate God's wisdom. That is marriage. Amen. That's, this is God's wisdom, Amen. right? Um, so anyways, uh, check that out. Marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Will the Great, where do we go?
0: All right, let's go to Lee in Mississippi. Hi, Lee.
5: Hey, thank you guys for adding a little bit of extra spice to gumbo today. <laughs> Additional compassion.
3: Mm. Yeah.
5: And for me and my wife, Being in the military, while Desert Shield and Storm was in in progress, she sent the gospel in Arabic, in mail, Hmm. to the heart of the war. And we opened them up and distributed them everywhere because what appears to be a battle is really a, a straw man setting people aside. It was about the gospel getting into a nation that wanted anything but the gospel, mm. but there was some passionate men and women that God sent. And it's the same thing right here, sis. I volunteered at the VA. A lot of our veterans from Vietnam are seeing uh, Vietnam all over again. The people drooping on the helicopter, please don't leave us, don't leave us, don't leave us, no! Mm. Wow. And we have to, we, we the church, not the church, as you said it, sis, the church needs to rise up with that... with that passion you have inside and realize we are just a moment away from this in our own nation when the Mm. church has no more voice. Come on.
1: Come on. Oh, brother Lee. Lee, Thank you so much. Thank you for this reminder because I, I I just want to run a highlighter over what our brother just said. Essentially what he said is that the Lord uh, sent the gospel into Afghanistan 20 Mm. years ago you know, in, in the midst of everything that was going on. And and I, I just want to confirm uh, what our brother is saying, that something that the Lord allowed me to see today, and I didn't think about it, but I'm just making this connection here. Um, I saw on social media that another brother uh, in the Lord had a social media post where he was talking about his service in Afghanistan, and he was talking about uh, him being there back in 2007, and he posted several of his pictures of um Af- Af- Afghan uh, men and women that he was ministering to while they're serving our country, Mm. right? But they're ministering. And he was talking about how his heart is broken Mm. for what's happening to the Afghan people and the people that, you know, basically he got to be a part of their lives for this season of his life as a believer, Mm. as a brother in the Lord. So what our brother Lee is saying here is so important, is so vital for us to understand that the Lord is not wasting our time. The Lord is not wasting what is going on in the world but that we have to a- always understand that God's focus is eternal, mm-hmm. right? That eternity is always in view. And so this is a very important reminder that's coming from our brother Lee. Wow. Will the great. Where do we go next?
0: All right, let's go to Camille in Mississippi. Hi, Camille.
1: Hi, Will and Mickey.
0: Hello. God, Hello. God bless you all. God bless it's you. very bless sobering
3: you. times that we are living in for sure. Mm. That's right. Um, but our hope is in the Lord. Amen. I have two things. My daughter's and hers, and, um, something she worked and spent money and time and effort into she will be quitting because of the mandatory uh vaccine that will be coming this way from the president mm. i just hate to see how many um of our first responders when you know whatever firemen policemen whoever it may be uh we're going to lose our infrastructure there and it's just bad but the good news of the day is they have decided to pull their children out of public school I just want to know what I listen to you all all the time. You are um, you're just wonderful, but what would be the one piece of advice? I know there's a lot, but what would be maybe the one thing I could pass on to her as they start this journey?
1: Oh, Camille, hmm. thank, thank you, you Camille. so much for that question. Um, thank you for sharing this information that you just did about your daughter. I want you to know that we are sorry for the pain that you are experiencing because your daughter is experiencing this pain. There are a lot of um, believers and non-believers in this country who do not have confidence in the shots that are being administered, the shots that many of them are being forced to take. There are even non-believers who have been tested and found to have antibodies in their system, but they are being told that's not enough. You still have to get the shot. So it really makes you wonder what the end goal is and what uh, the aim is. One of the things I've been alarmed at, and then I'm, I'm going to toggle back to your question, Camille. Um, but one of the things I've been really alarmed at is I, I'm uh, listening to the president and I'm listening to the president say, uh, you know, anybody who's working in a facility that receives government funds in healthcare, they have no choice in whether or not to get the shot. Mm-hmm. And, and I really feel like this foreshadows what we have always imagined is that whenever the government says, hey, you know, we just want to do you guys a solid Uh, it is just tentacles that are reaching out to grab you Mm. and to pull you in. And, and so I, I would say again, and I don't think Camille needs me to say this, nor probably does anyone else. We did a whole show on it, but I would say to the body of Christ, where you are convicted, listen, if it's not your conviction, don't just jump, grab it, but where you are convicted, remain convicted. The Lord has given you conviction. If he's made you steadfast, then remain steadfast. So Camille, to your question what would be the best piece of advice that I would offer to your daughter who is beginning the homeschooling journey? I would say this to her in a heartbeat, center the gospel. Hmm. Every single thing that you're going to teach your children, all the ways that you're going to impart knowledge and truth to them, the gospel must be centered in their lives. They must understand the reason that they exist. They must understand what's a, what awaits them when they place their faith and their hope in Jesus And they must also understand that every cultural issue that you try to fortify them against, every cultural issue that you try to fortify your kids against has gospel implications. Mm. All of the things that we are facing are spiritual in nature. Guys, trust me on this, but verify Look it up for yourself, okay? It has gospel implications. So the first and the best thing that we can do in the education of our children is to center the gospel. Remember that Christ is preeminent. If you tell your kids, we simply have to get through our reading assignment, we have to get through math, I can't believe we didn't get to science, we didn't get to history, and you never make mention of the reading of the word of God, the discussion of the eternal truths of God, those things can kind of be skipped because, you know, it's just Bible, right? (laughs) Then you're really doing yourself a disservice. What you're just trying to do is give a secular education in a vacuum. What we are doing at home when we educate our kids at home is not just giving them their ABCs and their one, two, threes. We are discipling them. We are training them. What we are doing is we are passing down the gospel intact. And I encourage every parent to take that very seriously. It is basic training for the proliferation of the gospel. So as you educate your kids at home to all parents who are making this decision, make sure that you center the gospel. Everything else can flow out from there. All right. Will the Great. Where do we go next?
0: Amen. Amen. Let's go to Sarah in Virginia. Hi, Sarah.
1: Hi, Will. Hi,
2: Nikki. I love your show. Um, I don't remember the lady that called in earlier and she was just, very concerned i could hear it in her spirit i could hear it in her voice Mm -hmm. but let me remind the true followers of christ out there that stand on god's word and will stand till death Mm -hmm. on his word because Mm -hmm. his word is life that Mm. we are born for this time Mm. try not to be fearful come on we are born for this time to pray So I am encouraging all of God's people out there with the sound of my voice to pray and pray and keep praying. That is what we are called to do. We have to stand in unity as brothers and sisters, as the army of God. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. As the Mm -hmm. army of God. That's Mm -hmm. what we are called to do. Not to sit back and be quiet like the Muslims were on 9-11. They Mm. did not stand up. We need to stand up. (laughs) What's going on right now, and to remember that you hate what people do, Satan's children are Satan's children. You hate what they do, God has warned us about it, but you don't hate them, they are made Mm. in the image of God, amen. Mm. And I know sometimes that's hard to do, Mm. but if we have to see them through the eyes of Christ, not our own eyes,
1: oh, that is so good, Sarah. Sarah. Thank you so much. I appreciate what you just said. You know, one of the things that I'm reminded of, and then we'll go back to the phone lines here. One of the things that I'm reminded of from church history is that Tertullian was one to the Lord mm. through observing the persecution of Christians. In fact, it was Tertullian who said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. He said the church grows when there is persecution the church grows when believers are executed simply for their faith wow. and so one of the prayers that I'm praying and I'm asking the Lord I'm asking the Lord to do this in the heart and the lives of these Taliban members I, I look I guys I it's a big it's a big prayer right but who is our Lord? Who hmm. is God, right? Oh, so my my request I'm asking the Lord that even as some of these members are going out and they're going house to house, we're reading the accounts. I don't want to just in I don't I don't want to digest this news and make myself sick on it. Yeah.
0: I want to yeah. turn
1: this information into prayer and intercession. Oh, and so us. how do I do that? So cuz cuz look, if I if I keep reading if I keep reading that men are going out and um Knocking on doors and, and executing people on site, it makes me sick. Mm. Do you understand? It makes me physically ill, the worry and the concern. And, and so, so how do I overcome that? How do I combat that? I turn that into prayer requests. Mm. I try to imagine what it would be like and what the church abroad would want from us. Mm. They would want us to send prayers. Look, there we cannot go there. Mm-hmm. But there is no door that will bar prayer. Amen. We can Amen. pray for our brothers and sisters. Amen. Listen, Paul was on his way to persecute the church.
0: Mm. Yep.
1: He was on his way with permission to destroy the church, to carry off men and women because they named the name of Jesus. Guys, read your Bible, read your Bible. And what happened in route to doing this? The Lord said, why are you persecuting? Why are you doing this? Paul thought that he was doing the will of God. Guys, read your Bible. Be encouraged because our God is not subjected to this world's systems. He oversees this world. Do you understand? He is sovereign and supreme over this world. Read your Bible. As you read the news, hold your Bible in the other hand and turn those events and those things that you're reading into prayer points. All right. Will the Great, where do we go?
0: All right, let's go to Trey in Mississippi. Hi, Trey.
4: Hey there. Um, I know I don't have a lot of time, but it's been on my heart all day. I just wonder how those new Christians over in Afghanistan feel when everybody seemed to abandon them. And and I'm saying this from the comfort of the United States here in Mississippi, Mm -hmm. that even the missionaries and their spiritual leaders probably had to up and leave and mm-hmm. I just wonder how that makes them feel and and yeah I, my heart just goes out to them and mm-hmm. uh I would like to hear your thoughts on that and maybe uh everybody out there just just pray for that specifically yeah
1: yeah you know I think that's really sad but I I think of um the Thessalonian church you know the apostle Paul had to leave the Thessalonians really quickly yeah. And and that was right. Remember, yeah. like, guys, mm-hmm. and this is again why I say go back to the word of God. The Lord has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. So to have followers and to have disciples and converts who are suddenly left and and, and maybe have these feelings of like, we thought you were going to be with us a little bit longer, but it got really hot in Thessalonica. Right. And so the Apostle Paul had to leave. And so then he 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 wrote them letters because they were being upset because almost there was the feeling of like, but our discipleship is not complete. We don't know. And Mm. so he had to talk to them and encourage them about the signs of the Lord's return, that some are, some are upsetting you that these things are going on. Listen, hold on a second. You know, it's like, some are saying that the day of the Lord has already taken place. Calm down. No, it hasn't. (laughs) And then he began to encourage them with what it was going to look like. Right. Mm. And so what I'm saying is um, it's not ideal To be in the discipling process and to have people that you are raising up in the Lord and that you are training. It's not ideal um, to have to lead them. But again, this is not new in the history of the believer. And the Lord, the Lord has worked all of this into his development of the believer. All right. They're not alone. They're not alone. The Lord, their God is with them. Amen.
0: All
1: right. We're out of time until Monday. Lord willing.
0: God bless.